Okay, campers, rise and shine. And don't forget your booties, because it's cold out there today. It's cold out there every day. What is this, Miami Beach? Not hardly. And you know, you can expect hazardous travel today with that, you know, that uh, blizzard thing. That blizzard thing. The blizzard thing. Oh, well, here's the report. The National Weather Service is calling for a big blizzard thing. Yes, they are. But you know, there's another reason why today is especially exciting. Especially cold. Especially cold. Okay, but the big question on everybody's lips. On their chap lips. On their chap lips, right. Do you think Phil is going to come out and see his shadow? Chuck's a Donnie Phil. That's right, Woodchuck Chuckers. It's Groundhog Day. <laughs> So much, so much, so much, so much, so much, so much. Just to tip everybody off on, you know, how long it takes us to actually put these up, we're recording this on Groundhog Day, uh, so you'll all know when the Groundhog, you know, if it saw its shadow or whatever. But we, we could don't. technically look that up too. It's night. I'm not gonna. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about Groundhog Day, a movie we love. We've seen this movie a lot. I think it might be... Yeah, this might be... I always there. describe this as the Erickson household movie. Yeah, it's one of those... If it's on TBS, you watch it. Yeah, that's one of those that we watch a lot. And especially because I assume they have it on multiple times a day on Groundhog Day. They probably show it all day. Yeah, they do. So, I think every every Groundhog Day they do that. It's pretty so easy to like see it today. catch it in the middle... Watch the rest of it, and then watch the beginning mm-hmm. <laughs> if they show it immediately. It's kind of perfect that way, because you don't have to see how everything works in order for everything to pay off. Especially if you've seen it before. Right, because you do see the same day mm-hmm. so many times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do we know how many times they actually run through the day in the movie? I think it's like 40 Okay, that sounds right. Yeah. Because there are some... There's a couple like montages almost of that the days go really quickly, like when he's killing himself. Oh, a bunch yeah. Of times. Yes, when he drops the toaster in the bath. So I think about half of them are those, and then yeah. about half of them are longer. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's roughly that. Yeah. Man, this movie's so good. Yeah. For those who haven't seen it, Groundhog Day, Bill Murray, he's a weatherman. He lives the same day over and over. It's Groundhog Day in the city in Pennsylvania where they watch the Groundhog. Pennsylvania. Puxitani, Pennsylvania. Puxitani, Phil. It starts out with him being a real jerk. And through the course of what? It's Thousands supposed, of days. Yeah. It's supposed to be like, they. the people who made it later said they think of it as being like 10 years. Yeah. Where he starts off... He starts off being a jerk. Then he tries to just manipulate people. Yep. And then he just gets really over it and depressed. <laughs> yeah. And then he kind of works his way around to genuinely helping people. Yeah. he's. I mean, he starts off really mad and confused. Mm-hmm. And then he realizes that he can, yeah, like manipulate people to do whatever he mm-hmm. wants. Then he gets sick of that. There's no like novelty in it anymore. And he can never leave the town because the blizzard comes in every day. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't he try to in one of the instances? You're in the earlier ones. He tries to leave several times. And they like, actually turn him around specifically. Because they close like some tunnel. Yep. So so he's stuck, which is kind of a perfect setup as well. Yeah. It's kind really, of Really, they, they think of everything globe. in this yeah. movie. There's not really any of those things where you're mad that they didn't think about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They thought of, I feel like, everything. I, I do know that like in one early draft, they explained why he was cursed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they never really get into that, do they? Yeah. It's essentially like, you know, runs into an old gypsy and she curses oh, him or whatever. I think this is better. Yeah, I agree that it just happens and that's really fun. Mm-hmm. It's really great. Uh, the thing I noticed even from... We haven't watched the movie very recently, but I went through and watched some clips to just kind of remind myself of mm-hmm. how many times I've seen this movie. Oh, yeah. I really close. felt like 
that was when we I thought was of it. Along half yeah, long. and we were like, we don't really need to watch this one again yeah. because yeah. we've seen it so many times. Yeah. Um. But what I noticed this time, just even right off the bat, is obviously Bill Murray is perfect casting. Yeah. But everyone else is perfect casting as well in, in the sense that the townsfolk seem so simple mm-hmm. next to Bill Murray. Yeah. Right off the bat, he seems really, he's so mad constantly. Mm-hmm. He is talking over them. He's making these jokes at their expense and they don't realize it. Yeah. And it's really funny. He's very sarcastic. And yeah. And they don't I mean, like, pick it up at all because they're all very... Right. Like any Bill Murray role, he's super dry and super funny. Yeah. But that's the thing I noticed this time was just that there are so many things that are going over everyone else's head. Mm-hmm. And that's perfect for someone who is doing the same thing every day. Yeah. Well, like, and then, yeah, when I was in the same clips, the thing I kept thinking of was that Man, they did a really good job of making all of these people in this town aggravating for yeah. him to deal with. Because maybe that's it. It he just yeah. has such a short fuse, and they're all like, "There's so there's obviously Ned Ryerson." Oh, Ned Ryerson's the. We'll have to have a dedicated incredible to him. There's the the fat guy who comes up and talks to him in the bed and breakfast that he wakes up in in the morning, yes, and this guy right. always wants to make just the most boring small talk yep the there's the lady that runs the bed and breakfast who's insanely dumb <laughs> yeah sir if <laughs> you, you ever had deja vu yeah. well, i don't think so but we could check in the kitchen. Yeah. just like they basically almost made like a tunnel between him and andy mcdowell's character where she's like the only person in the town who he could really have like wanting to get to know more yeah and even on top of that the people he brings along with them Chris Elliott is the other guy. Yeah. Oh, he's Chris such Elliott a lame the, guy. He's, well, he's just the biggest dumb guy ever, yeah. which is, I mean, obviously perfect for Chris Elliott. Yeah, yeah. He plays it amazingly. But he's like real skeezy, too. Yeah. yeah. And so when he's also trying to win over Andy McDowell yeah. a little bit. They have like every kind of annoying person in this do. movie. And just they force Bill Murray to re- to interact with them constantly. Yes, which and that's drives him crazy. Why right away he thinks he's in hell? Yeah, because <laughs> he keeps living in the. It's like yeah. his worst nightmare. Yeah, and dealing with a bunch of yokels because he's from like the big city and he. Yeah, that's part of the whole thing is that he's he's on this assignment. newscaster and he's trying to, um, he's even trying to work his way up from where he's at in like Pittsburgh or whatever. That's right. And so he thinks like Pittsburgh is beneath him. And then so they make him go to Punxsutawney and he hates it. Yep. Um, And he's got this like idealistic young producer and Andy McDowell and he just does not care. Right. Uh, And Chris Elliott is the idiot cameraman. Yeah. And so it is kind of the perfect hell for this guy. Yeah. (laughs) Who thinks it's all beneath him. Yeah, totally. I mean, I kind of want to go through maybe the phases a little bit yeah and kind of where i really want to talk about why this movie is so perfectly built out yeah like every step of it is yeah before we do that i want to talk about bill murray some more okay yeah because i well the reason i was thinking of it was because i'm not like a huge bill murray guy sure part of it is just my internal backlash to people who are almost weirdly into him the weird kcco thing where yeah. where the, the chive where they like made shirts you almost stuff. just have to say bill murray and people start laughing yeah people who i frequently suggest don't even watch movies yeah <laughs> just yeah, know that sure. people like this guy well like for example neither of us are i would say are very big ghostbusters fans no it's a fine movie yeah it's, it's fine. 
kind of funny. Or like Caddyshack. Yeah, he's like the worst part of Caddyshack. Really? I think, I, think I like him. His guy is just. I don't. It just. I don't know. Anyway, uh, you you prefer Rodney Dangerfield? <laughs> actually, yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean, uh, but like, I there are some things that I like him in. Yeah. Uh, you know, oh, even like sure. the Wes Anderson ones. Like so, the ones that like Life Aquatic is where, great. Yeah, the ones where he's kind of the main guy. I think Boston he does really good. Is great. Not that's not a Wes Anderson, yeah, yeah, yeah. but but know. even like of the other Wes Anderson ones, I feel like he f- does an okay job. You know, yeah. for like the small roles. Um, he's good in Rushmore. Yeah, he's but a big overall, I'm like frequently skeptical. But he's not like your favorite actor no. or anything. But I think Groundhog Day shows the thing that he's perfect for. Yes. And it, he's super versatile when it comes down to it. He is funny and he can have pathos. Well, he he just it's kind of like the oh that thing about how some people are funny when they're being mean to other people and sure. some people are funny when people are being mean to them. And okay. He kind of he's good at both. He's yeah, he's good at both in a in a very specific way. Like when when he's like all the stuff of when people are annoying him in this movie, and he's just over it. Yeah, he's just so sick of it. He's great at that, that and he's great at being like a full-on, just absolute jerk. Yeah, that actually reminds me of the scene near the end mm-hmm. when Annie McDowell has been on him and won him mm-hmm. for the date. Yeah, and he's doing the ice carving of her face. Yep, and she's saying, uh, "I'm really cold. What's taking so long?" And he says, "I just want you to get your money's worth." Mm-hmm. And uh, so he and he's like very you know sincere, and but still kind of joking. And, yeah, he's kind of teasing her. And and she says, "I think I, I think I underpaid." And he says, "You're probably right." Like <laughs> yeah. it's the ultimate swing back and forth between just flirting with her and like kind of the fake boasting that he eventually. Yeah, he does a lot of that. It's a little bit of, and it's you know it's a good wisecrack and it's yep. quick yep. and it gives us something about he you know. He can just roll with the punches. You can never quite tell how much he means it. Yeah. Which is funny. Yeah, that is kind of funny. He does seem full of himself, but also he's kind of making a joke at his own expense of how full of himself he is. Right. So, yeah. Bill Murray is a weird... Yeah. It's tough to analyze. I think when he... A lot of the stuff that I've seen him in when he's later in his career is almost like a bummer to me because when he seems... So, in this, he seems like he's trying... To portray a guy who's sick of it. Yeah. But then in some movies, he seems genuinely like he showed he didn't want to be there. Oh, sure. And that's like. I don't know if you saw St. Vincent. Yeah. The later one. He seemed like he didn't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Paycheck, maybe. Yeah. But, you know, who knows with Bill Murray because he has the whole thing with the answering machine where if you want to cast him in something, you just leave a message on his answering machine and maybe he'll get to it. Yeah. Or the rumor about how he did the Garfield movie because. That's not a rumor. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. Yes. He said so, it. Yeah. Oh man! <laughs> uh, so he took the voice for Garfield, the three you know three D animated one, uh-huh. because he Joel Cohen, Joel Cohen spelled C O H E N, yeah, called him or basically was writing it or directing it. Different and, guy, from... and he thought it was one of the Cohen brothers, and so he's like, "Wow, all right, so. okay." So anyway, uh, so he's good in a lot of things, and I think this is one of them. Oh, absolutely. where it's perfectly aligned to what he's good at. And it's directed by Harold Ramis, who has worked with him on a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. And so that makes also makes sense that he understands the tone mm-hmm. that Bill Murray needs to take perfectly. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a lot of these jokes specifically for Bill Murray. Yeah. After he got the screenplay, I think. Yeah, from somebody else, and then he kind of rewrote it. Yep. 
He did I also read that they were, that one of the people who might have done it would have been Tom Hanks. He would have been all right. Harold Ramis thought he was too nice. He is too nice. Which I kind of agree That with. is really interesting. And, yeah. and that's one of the things in the commentary. They say that Bill Murray was playing two roles, sort of. Mm-hmm. He would say, all right, am I good, Bill, am I good Phil or am I bad Phil? Mm, yeah. And, and that would be his whole scene is how he, that's how he would play them. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really interesting because, and you can see it. You, if you had to make a list of which scenes were good Phil and which scenes were bad Phil, mm-hmm. you'd know immediately. Yeah, and that's. I mean, he's good, and you can tell. But it's also all the same character, and that it really is cohesive in that way. Mm-hmm. Man, it's it's great because it does really. That part, maybe more than anything, gets behind the whole. You've been. It makes you feel like you've been doing this for ten thousand days or whatever. Mm-hmm or 10 years or however long yeah. it is that yeah you would have ups and downs you would go get really sick of it and then you'd get excited with a new idea yeah and then you decide to dedicate yourself to learn to play the piano or to, like yeah. carve ice blocks or figure out how to stage a robbery so you could do all of this i think that is the most interesting part of the movie because yeah at the opening all the stuff that's him just trying to take advantage of the situation that's all fairly that's how you would have guessed the character that they've invented would react. Yeah. You know, you just be... That's how we all think we would do it. Try to manipulate people because he's a real jerk. What does he... Let's, what does he do like right off the bat to start? Well, right off the bat, he tries to leave. Yep. But then... He tries to get to know Andy McDowell's character really well yeah, so he that tries, he can... He, he seduces that other woman too. Yeah, that's pretty far towards the beginning, I think. Yeah. yeah where he kind of is like, oh, I can just sleep with women. Yeah, and just get to know details about the their very, personal lives. The very superficial yeah. thing. Whatever he says is the right thing. Yep. And that actually plays out when he's trying to get to know Andy McDowell, too, is mm-hmm. is that he keeps skipping forward, forward in the conversation yeah, a little he keeps, bit. he keeps screwing up. That maybe is the best set of scenes. Yeah, yeah. Just it kind of really goes through them pretty get quickly. Get into his mind. Yeah, it does. So he starts off, you know, asking her what are perfect... Uh, man is like and then he makes fun of her because she studied french poetry and they cut to the next thing yeah or no (laughs) then they go to dinner he makes fun of her about the french poetry thing the next day he has a a bunch of french french poetry poetry ready i mean i'm sure it's not the next day i'm sure it's like however many days later but he likes gives her a french poem and then he they make a snowman and they have the big snowball fight and then they cut to the next time when he is building the snowman Mm mm-hmm and he's just running through the motions like or like he's saying the same thing he said yesterday yeah. but more but quicker and he's and, and less and she, sincerely and she's not even he cuz originally they were he was kind of playing off things that she was saying yes. but this time around he's almost saying them before yeah he's not even listening even, to her yeah <laughs> which is also you know a really interesting idea on relationships and what it actually and is. i think it's funny even between this first woman and rita it's funny how he first tries it with... I think he first tries it with this other woman. Yeah, he does. And then, but when he tries it with Rita, it doesn't work because she's too smart, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. Because basically, it just ends with him getting slapped in the face all the time. Right. That's the whole... <laughs> like they, there's like a quick cut of him getting slapped in the face like six times. Yeah, it's really awesome. Which is... It's, it's honestly... That actually reminds me of the thing that The people, editing in this movie is spectacular. Yeah, it's just great to watch him get slapped in the face. Yeah. And then... So that's kind of... He, I think he essentially gets sick of that then. And then it's the interesting thing of like, what's he going to do now? Yeah. And then he starts committing suicide, right? Or then he starts kind of testing the limits of he gets what happens. Really, Yeah. He gets really depressed. He does the whole thing where he tells Rita that he's a god and he's yes. eating like tons of food. Well, that's after he does all the suicide attempts because oh, okay. he says, I've been shot, stabbed. Yeah. Yeah. Electrocuted. Oh, yeah. 
the, the but he's got the thing where he steals the police or he steals the pickup. Yep. And he kidnaps. Oh yeah, the he tries groundhog. to he tries to break the curse. And he drives by... off the cliff. <laughs> oh, he's probably fine. And he wakes up. Yeah. Big explosion. Well, probably not now. <laughs> yeah. And then he wakes up, and then he tries all the different ways to do it. Mm-hmm. My favorite one is when he grabs the toaster from downstairs and brings it back up in the yeah. bath. Because then they, the, the lights dim from downstairs. The woman who runs the bed and breakfast is like, oh. <laughs> She's just like, oh no. It's such a terrible thing to joke about, it but is. it's such a great scene. Yeah. I think they did a pretty, I don't know. And like, probably an argument could be made about, about like just the morals of the movie in general. Sure. But I think they did a pretty good job of kind of riding that line for those scenes yeah of it being a bummer but also it being kind of darkly funny yeah well it, it seems like it's a curse and then it's actually a blessing mm-hmm. ultimately and i think that that ties into you know what is ultimately the arc of this movie yes yeah. um uh you know this thing happens to phil mm-hmm. and he has to slowly come to the realization he has to essentially just become a less self-centered person and that's kind of what's so interesting about it is that all the things in the beginning essentially the first half of the movie are entirely self-centered acts yeah he's you know he starts manipulating people he's getting to know andy mcdowell but he's doing it for his own selfish benefit yep and even like the killing himself is like i'm sick of this Mm -hmm. and then eventually he starts uh first he starts bettering himself he like learns piano lessons mm-hmm. he steals the money from the the armored car he does that like every day every day <laughs> and gives it to the piano lady to yeah. give him piano lessons yeah and then he starts after he starts bettering himself he starts finding out what people need in the town well and i think a lot of that arc is and that's why i think it's a good idea that they in- included all the ones of him kind of giving up or like trying to break the curse yeah is because i think he reaches the point where i think he kind of gives up on trying to escape this curse right and kind of just decides to try to be happy in the situation that he is in and finds out that what makes him happy is helping other people because he does he's not even really helping these people you know like they're gonna do it all again like it doesn't really like it doesn't really benefit the people he kind of has to just be doing it because he that he learns is really that making other people happy makes him happy that's wow that's fascinating i, I never really thought about it that way in the sense that like because it seems so inevitable that the last perfect day is the thing like he finally accomplishes in order to break the curse mm-hmm. but in his mind it probably isn't he doesn't know that that's what he it isn't like that's his goal anymore yeah Wow, that's he doesn't, so crazy. That's the thing. Yeah, the, he just does it. You're right. That's like the, by the end of the, the character point yeah. that he gets to is that helping everyone else is what makes him happy. Yeah, because he's he doesn't even have like yeah he doesn't have a plan of like hey maybe if I do all of this stuff then it'll you know it'll I'll get out of this loop. Right. Right. He just he just does it. It just for happens. The sake of doing it. Yeah. Which is man, that's really fascinating. Yeah, and and I think that's the other part of it too is that. He already kind of tried mm-hmm. other ways of, be- I think, becoming happy. Because yeah. clearly at the beginning of the movie, he thinks that, you know, sleeping with Rita will make him happy. Right. Because at that point, he's not trying to get out of it. Yeah. He's relishing the fact that he's living the same day over mm-hmm. and over. That he can cheat the system. That he can manipulate people. So I think a bigger, yeah, 
a bigger part than him just being nice by the end of the movie mm-hmm. is that he has concluded that that's just what he wants to do. Man, that is really... That's... Now that he's stuck in it, yeah. he might as well. Because he, you know... I assume it's because he enjoys it more. I don't know. He doesn't say. Yeah. But that's probably better. <laughs> I feel like I knew that instinctively, but I never really heard it said. That's <laughs> yeah. so... I'm, my mind is blown well, I right feel now like thinking if, about this. If you finished the movie... Yeah. And you weren't assuming that he was just doing all that nice stuff to try to break the curse... Yeah. If you took it as being that he's a good guy now... Yeah. Then I think you implicitly understand that he's not only right. doing that to cheat the system. I think the fact that he does break the curse made me just think. I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't really know what. I think I it's something think. that you would understand. Yeah. Because otherwise, sure. I'm guessing if you read it the other way, that yeah. he was, then you'd probably be mad at the end, right? That he got out of the curse. Yeah, probably. So you'd be mad that he beat it by being so be by being like pretending to be nice. To be manipulative or something, you know. Yeah. I don't think that's really what he was doing. And the stuff that he does is is really interesting too. I want to actually talk about this because there's one thing I don't totally remember. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes off and does his errands. Yep. For the I like that the, he calls them his chores or errands or whatever. Yeah. He calls it. Yep. I have some errands to run. Yeah. It's just like errands. <laughs> you were only here one day. Like yeah. what errands could you have? And so it's so I'm trying to think of. Oh, so he goes and saves the kid from breaking his leg. Mm-hmm. He changes those old ladies' tires. Yep. The flat tire. Yep. Buys insurance from Ned. Yep. Does the ice sculpture. Yep. Gives those people, uh, the young married couple, wrestling tickets. Yes. WrestleMania! <laughs> young Michael Shannon, too, which is great. Yeah. That's so funny to see him. And obviously the date with Andy McDowell. Yeah. And Chris Elliott gets embarrassed by also going up there and being the bachelor and no one Yeah, the on bachelor him. auction. <laughs> <laughs> Does he do anything with the old man on the last day? Because the whole, because there's that whole stretch of the movie where he's trying to save the old man. He tries repeatedly to save the old man and the learn, homeless guy, and learns that he base no matter what he does, the guy always dies. Yep, the guy will die no matter what because he's a weak heart. Yep, and there's nothing that Phil can do to save him, which is an interesting refutation of him thinking that he's a god. Yeah, well, I think that's interesting too. Even between kind of between that and all his errands, I think it's an interesting way to look at how people can a different way for people to think about their lives maybe okay as being like kind of accepting that you're not gonna do it all you know accepting that like you're not gonna solve every problem out there yeah and kind of trying to make improving things a little bit every day kind of trying to think of that as being like your errands yeah you know as just like kind of just something that you do because it's good to do and even if it doesn't go anywhere, yeah, because sure. it's because if everybody did it, then the world would probably be a better place, I guess. Right, for sure. Well, and even and you're not going to do it all. You can't like the guy, the old guy dies every yeah, time. Yeah, that's going to happen. Is and but it is interesting to see sort of the progression. You could take. I, I'm sure there have been a million books written on this on f- the philosophy of Groundhog Somebody, Day. I'm sure there's some good articles out there because it's interesting to see how he goes through all these stages and what that entails. Apparently, and what that says about him. Apparently different harold ramus has said that people have like yeah buddhists christians yeah. other like all these sorts of things different have, religious groups yeah have gone in and said wow thanks for being influenced by our religion and he's yeah. like uh <laughs> i just wrote the screenplay yeah. <laughs> the the example i'm thinking of is ned ryerson mm-hmm. how he doesn't remember this guy at all yep 
And then all the weird things he does to... the oh, man. The one where he acts way too friendly. Like, he kill, basically kills him with kindness. I don't know if you have to be somewhere. <laughs> but can, can you cancel? Can you cancel? <laughs> or can you call in sick? Yeah. Just, like, gives him, like, a way too long of a hug. Yep. Freaks Ned Ryerson out. Yeah. Oh, man. Gay panic. Funny 90s <laughs> stuff. And then, yeah, he eventually... Even then, he settles on... Yeah, he buys a bunch Placating of insurance from him. him. In a weird way? Well, he buys a bunch of insurance, and then he kind of jokes around with Ned on Ned's level. Level, and like it seems like he enjoys himself. Like Phil, when he eventually does it, like I him think... and Andy do kind of joke around with, and then they kind of yeah. give him, a, they give him like a burn. It seems and then like, Ned enjoys it. Yeah, so. it, that's kind of the trick is that he. It's not even that they're like just working with him on his level, but that seems to be the way to handle Ned Ryerson. Yeah. Maybe that's the lesson. Yeah. You don't have to like all these people, but if you understand what they want, mm-hmm. you can at least be friendly with them. Yeah. And I feel like that also has to do with what uh, Phil's problem is at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Is that he's very intractable and like doesn't want to deal with anybody. Because like, Rita's whole deal, even when they first show up, is just like, can't you appreciate this town for what it is? Oh, yeah, yeah. He, Phil has his own ideas of how everything should be and basically thinks that Punxsutawney sucks. Right. And and Rita kind of wants him to be able to appreciate it for what it is, right. even if you're not going to live there. Yeah. Even if it's not your favorite thing, just appreciate it for the positive qualities that it has. Yeah. And so, like, for Ned, yeah, it takes him, I think, a while to figure out what's good about Ned. <laughs> yeah, he's totally. insane. He's, yeah. Know, Ned is he's one of the character. greatest... Little side roles ever. Well, just, I mean, uh, Stephen Tobolowski's perfect. Yep. First off, he's just so funny. Mm-hmm. He gives him, it's so great because it's this type of person that just doesn't exist anymore, I feel. They probably do. But not in that way. Yeah. It's like, he's sort of a good old boy a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, but like the, the, like. He's one of those people who has replaced his entire personality with like sales strategies. Yes. I was okay, that's <laughs> yeah, which, a good way to describe it. Yeah. Like just just the sort of jokey around but yeah. none of like very no sincerity until it gets to the actual let's close the deal. He's talking a lot, but there's it's just a lot of hot air. Yeah, that's maybe it. That, yeah. He's a blowhard. That's really yeah, good. There are blowhards blowhard. for sure. But like blowhard insurance salesman that wears like the yeah he's got the long coat and the, the fedora and the, yeah oh, i love even the the walk that he does yeah just the the little phrase i sure as heck fire remember you yep. you know and the and little wheeze that he, he does says he yeah he does all that even the little lines that he says that's what i think is perfect about ned for this movie he's really that corny maybe he, that's it well he's and super corny what i think is perfect about him is that he seems like a kind of guy who says those phrases 10 times a day anyway yes like he just says things in a very unexamined way yeah that's maybe it he's unexamined and just he which is perfect for the movie because you know the movie is is all about how but all happening over and over yeah and so he is kind of the most i don't know the most fitting guy and actually even too like the big fat guy at the beginning who who just wants to make small talk with him yeah or actually the radio djs like radio DJs yeah. are very repetitive. Yep. And and almost annoyingly so. And the joke at the end about how they do the same thing right yeah, off the bat. Yeah, they actually and then they do actually change start it. the next the actual next day that with really the funny. same line and yeah. so he doesn't get it at first. 
Um, yeah, I didn't. I never put thought about that. About how many of these people, the thing that's annoying about them is how repetitive they are in real life. Well, and the trick is that we don't know for sure since he's only experiencing that one day. Yeah, but those, that's like they're kind of their personalities, right, you know. Right, like right, small right. talk is so repetitive. Salespeople are repetitive. Radio DJs are repetitive. Yeah, you know. So it kind of plays into that. That is pretty good. Huh. Good movie. It is. Well, that's and I want to. <laughs> Once again, talk about the script just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They spend just the right amount of time on every section. Yeah. They give him probably 10 minutes uh, or like, you know, the the opening day mm-hmm. is great setup. It's it's like Back to the Future. Why Back to the Future is also such a great one. Mm-hmm. They do such a great job of setting up callbacks. Yeah. That you wouldn't expect, but in a natural way. And yeah, they don't seem like in your face. There's so many movies that are so bad at this, but... yeah. Setting up callbacks to reference later is it's so easy to make a good movie that way, I feel. Yeah. If you actually write a very interesting opening scene and then just riff on it. Mm-hmm. That's why, once again, Back to the Future also so perfect because they give you, you know, the entirety of the character's personality in that first ten minutes. Well, and I think that's and then just break it down. That's a big part of I think what makes good screenwriting is if you can give people this information in a way that is interesting yeah that doesn't just seem like an info dump right and to be fair these are also both ones about basically time travel in a way yeah and obviously you know super weird mystical occurrence happening yeah and that that lets you see the characters you saw the first time in a unique way again whether it's seeing them 30 years younger or whether it's seeing them the same day over and over and over well, and, you, can, and I mean, yeah. you know reacting to different circumstances slightly yeah i think you can still put the same kinds of circumstances in yeah these movies are the ones you mentioned or in this and back to the future are cheating in the sense that they are literally dealing with the exact same situations yes um, or the exact same characters in different situations but like the setup is very similar and the differences are obvious to you right off yeah. the bat. Yeah. You can do that in anything, I yeah. think. Yeah. And and I think it it is part of what makes the tedium of explaining what's going on <laughs> enjoyable. Is yeah. if you can kind of work that stuff in there. Well, it's efficient. It's so efficient. Even when are. even when the towards the beginning when he's trying to escape the town. Yeah. I think they do a really good job of getting it out of the way yeah so i think the way that you could think of that as being well we got to get it out of the way to just explain to people why he doesn't do that right but they make it enjoyable yeah in how he talks to like the camera guy how he's all like what are you rushing about for you know or even how how he tries to you know we're talking to the cops he's shivering and all you know they put jokes in there to break up all of the explanations yeah for sure it's just it's just well done you can have that exposition without making it boring mm-hmm. and there's so many i'm not saying like wow all modern screenplays are bad but yeah we don't have anything that's this bouncy and fun anymore i feel like in the same way yeah a lot of well, it's genre fair yeah and not like this kind of fun genre. yeah well we've talked about this before about how like part of having a lot of the big blockbusters be so jokey now yeah is that it probably does suck the life and the money out of the room for comedy oh for sure but then they also have all this other stuff they got to do yeah so that is i think a lot of it i don't know it's just a really 
tight script and uh oh, there's so many brilliant moments the casting is incredibly good and it the is, editing is incredibly good they basically nailed it i don't know <laughs> it's it's just it's so easy to watch too it is and that's like we were saying at the beginning you can start at any point in this movie mm-hmm. and essentially get what's going on within five minutes yeah you get the gist because they do such a good job of showing the progression all the time mm-hmm from one scene to the next, he's never the, exactly the same. Yeah. And, you know, like I said... It's, like, yeah, it's like, what phase of Phil are we at here? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Crazy Phil, where yep. he steals a car and right. has like a showdown with the police? Great. <laughs> you know? I'm I'm into it. I mean, if I was going to turn it on and it was going to be the part of... With the him trying to save the old man, that's maybe not the best place to start. But <laughs> oh, but you still see that it happens over and over. Yeah, there's something and in you the, get, it's still oh, enjoyable. Is, it's happening Actually, over and over. even in there, he kind of makes some jokes with the old man. Right. So there's really don't, no part of it that's bad. Don't you die on me. Yeah. <laughs> or doesn't he, doesn't he like, lie about being a doctor at some point? He Does he? Man. I don't remember. We are going to have to watch this. <laughs> we are going to have to, just for our own enjoyment. Well, it's still, the, it's still Groundhog Day. We can still go turn on TBS, and I'm sure it's still on there. <laughs> Yeah, you we have, have TBS? no. <laughs> we're yeah, we're fifty. We have TBS. <laughs>